Hello and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your host, Jonathan, and here I have with me... Hi, I'm Larry. And uh, this is our yearly Halloween special, and today we'll be talking about uh, four different films. Uh, The Long Walk, Under the Shadow, The Wretched, and They Live in the Gray. And the episode uh, title is Scream Queens, which I think is not the perfect title for this episode, but one of the themes that we felt kind of connected all these films were this idea that women held a very special sort of presence in all of these films. And so that that's kind of what we were trying to go for, um, is this idea that... Um, you know, the importance of women in horror stories. And Scream Queens kind of have these, if you don't know what a Scream Queen is, it's basically kind of the the main female protagonist of, of a horror film, typically who, you know, screams, <laughs> thus kind of giving the title Scream Queen to her. Um, and she's usually also the final girl, but not always. But yeah, so we'll just uh, jump into this episode today. I guess we can start with The Long Walk. Larry, do you want to give a quick synopsis of this one? Sure. So The Long Walk is about this older man. I want to say he's probably in his 50s or so. And he is kind of like a a ghost whisperer. That's probably the best way to Mm -hmm. kind of describe him in layman's terms. Mm -hmm. He lives out like in, in the rural areas of Laos, just right outside the capital city. And he kind of does his own thing like every day. He and he kind of just um, keeps to himself and survives to himself. But whenever there is some sort of like sickness or illness that hits one of the like nearby village citizens, he goes and takes care of them, so to speak. Right. So he'll go through a, a ritual with them and basically make sure they're sent off peacefully. And then once they're dead, he kind of buries them in the special area that he has for them that way they can kind of be safe and that way he can kind of watch over them mm-hmm. uh while they rest peacefully and so like looking at it like yeah like okay that that sounds very um like honorable and you know and it's like he's looking out for his community right <laughs> and then <laughs> you realize that after each body that that he takes care of he actually saves a token from each body i think like in this case like a finger bone or something (laughs) and then you're like huh that that actually doesn't are you sure he's really (laughs) doing this for their sake or for his and so yeah and then um then the government starts to get a little suspicious uh and, and like all these sorts of things starts happening and while this is going on there's also like another timeline kind of uh telling the same story as well about this small kid who is living in the same area as him and he's trying to take care of his sick mother and avoid his um rather abusive father so yeah yeah so there's that kind of going on yeah and i was just gonna say i don't know if um his his dad isn't terrible but also not the best, you know? I, yeah. I feel like he, his dad is is kind of, like, selfish at best, you know? I mean, I'm sorry, selfish at its at worst. And, like, you can tell he's kind of trying, but he's just not the best, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but when he drinks, it gets pretty bad, though. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's just the small kid who's just trying to save his mother. And on his way to like get some stuff from the market, he encounters like this young woman who crashed her motorcycle and she's kind of dying on the side of the road. And he really isn't sure what to do, but all he does is just, he's just there to comfort her, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, her, in her last moments. And then she ends up just kind of like being a ghost throughout that whole entire um, roadway. This ghost kind of connects the small child and the older man and that's what kind of brings them together to kind of experience this entire journey so yeah that's pretty much the gist of the (laughs) film (laughs) without giving away too much that's the gist of the film that sounds kind of (laughs) confusing but basically it's like two storylines going on at the same time one with an older gentleman one with a younger kid and this woman is kind of what connects both of the storylines together yeah Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I didn't know much about this film at all. I just kind of watched it on a whim, as, as you suggested it, Jonathan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we discovered it was the same people who made Dearest Sister, which we also covered on a previous um, Halloween special. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I was definitely not disappointed. It definitely like uh, had all those same vibes and same feels. And I was not really expecting much at all, but I really loved how they said a lot of things without really explaining everything. You know, it doesn't say like in the year 2020, whatever, you know, it, it doesn't do all that weird stuff, but you can kind of tell it's not in the same era. Right. Like they're, they're like, it's kind of futuristic, yeah, it's but near future. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's still sci-fi. close to home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of just does a lot of things without really explaining much because they're not really too important to the story. Um, but that's what I actually really like about the film. Yeah. Jonathan, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, like for those of you who might still be a little lost on what we're talking about, essentially this film is a time travel film. The woman who passes away haunts like the road. And when the old man travels with the woman ghost, he essentially can travel through time into a different space, basically. He's kind of using her to to go back in time and save his mother, who we sh- which we learn later on that he is the kid, you know? And so it's just kind of the story of this, like, older gentleman who has never really gotten over his grief of losing his mother because he loved her so much. And I think it's, like, a very new sort of take on the idea of time travel with elements of horror and a little bit of sci-fi if you consider time travel and parallel universes as like a sci-fi thing you know it kind of gives the idea that like ghosts are kind of stuck in this like they're there forever and they're kind of stuck on a plane where it's like we can't really understand but in a way they're kind of like in a fourth dimension because they're always kind of in the same place but we're all still moving forward. Yeah. So that does give the impression that, you know, they're on a different dimension, different plane. And the long walk kind of plays on this idea. And I actually found that really, really interesting because that is kind of true because if we've kind of examined all of our previous Halloween special films that we've talked about or stories, it is kind of this idea that that ghosts are kind of locked in place, locked in time. Mm -hmm. But but we're still moving forward. And so if they're locked in place, that means they're probably in another dimension. And that means they can probably move between different parts or different timelines. Mm-hmm. I found that really fascinating yeah. that they approached it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall, I, I really enjoyed this film. The cinematography is 
really well done. I think the writing is also well done. The acting is very good. The main character is very complex. And I think that that kind of shines and shows through the film. I did feel that it was a little slow. So for those of you who don't like slow movies, like avoid this one. But if you're in for like, you know, an interesting perspective on time travel and exploration of grief, then I think this is a good one to give a try. Mm -hmm. Yes, I also agree. Highly recommend it. It's definitely a slow burn. But if you get over it, it's uh, it's pretty good. One last thing I want to say, I've kind of felt like the main character (laughs) was like, has like serial killer tendencies from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like before it was revealed that, you know, he was doing this time travel thing and keeping spirits at his grave. He was giving me like serial killer vibes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And and it's so interesting because he doesn't even really see himself as one. Right. You know, that's how all serial killers are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So that, that's that's why I found it really interesting how they did that, too. It was a fascinating film, in my opinion. So this next film is called Under the Shadow. Um, this film is it's on Netflix. So for those of you who have Netflix, you can watch this. It's a Persian-language psychological horror film written and directed by an Iranian-born person. And it takes place in 1980s, like, war in the Middle East with between, like, uh, I think it was Iran and Iraq. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Yes, that's correct. And it it takes place in Tehran. And it follows this woman who is, like, a former medical student. And she's basically trying to go back to school to become a doctor. Um, But because of her involvement with, like, political groups particularly on the left side like she's basically denied her admission to go to school because of this like it's kind of sort of bringing out a lot of issues within her and her family and and things like that her husband is a practicing doctor and so he gets called out to the field where he has to go and help with the war effort and he advises her and their child to leave because he's not going to be around but she's like no why do i have to leave and then basically bad stuff starts to happen when (laughs) when they uh when the husband leaves and she's by herself with just her and her daughter yeah yeah that's kind of the the gist of it did i leave anything out no that's pretty pretty good summary yeah um what are your kind of first impressions with this film larry I like the historical setting because I think this is a period of time where I'm not very familiar with. And I think they did a good job just kind of setting the entire kind of like the world they live in, you know, at that time. Um, Because in the very opening, she's kind of talking with the college admissioner and there's like a missile that goes off (laughs) like in in the background in the distance Mm -hmm. and she gets kind of distracted. And um, that's just kind of like the world that they lived in. And I I really liked kind of how they they built that up and how it just kind of like it, it's like a normal part of their lives, you know, to be hearing missiles going off in the background. And that, that's kind of crazy to imagine. I also really like the setting for this. And I also just really appreciate that even though this film, you know, kind of goes through the very typical horror structure and has horror tropes in it, it does it with a really unique perspective that we haven't really seen. You know what I mean? At least for me, I haven't seen, you know, because I don't watch a lot of films from Middle East, North Africa, you know, region of the world. And so, Mm -hmm. um, like, I think it's it's just fascinating to see 
like story like a horror story being told from this sort of perspective and you know like the big baddie or the evil spirit of the story is the jinn who are similar to kind of like the western idea of demons who can like possess people and um and do things to you and sort of drive you crazy and so like i i think i think that was fascinating like the portrayal of the jinns and what they look like and stuff like that you know what did you think of that I had a feeling it was going to be about Jins, yeah. um, only because it, it's sort of like their their counterpart. And I want to say counterpart, their representation of like demons, right. you know, in, in in like Christian lore, in, in like uh, in Islamic, you know, uh, stories. You know, it would be about Jins, mm-hmm. like that. That's what they would bring up. And so using this kind of horror element, that's how they used to explain a lot of things that that they kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of crazy what happens <laughs> to be honest <laughs> in, in terms of like uh, like uh, what they experience right. yeah and it's so interesting because I, I think there's a part in the film where it's like the mother even helps like like the the mother uh, did we talk about the mother that passed away or no not um, no i don't think we have yeah so the main character her mother passed away like six months ago prior to the story beginning and so she's still kind of going through this process and her husband believes that the reason why she wants to go back to become a doctor is because of her mother's death right. and she feels kind of bad about not being able to save her and we kind of see this guilt kind of carries throughout the entire story mm-hmm. um yeah she's and, not and able so, to save some other people and stuff like that yeah right. so she feels like oh if only i was you know educated uh, then i could do it but see it's weird because lo and behold like she actually that thing she never really kind of got over right. <laughs> like by the end of the story in my opinion right um but i guess what i was trying to say before was um the mother kind of helps her you know and is still kind of watching over her right. so it's sort of this idea is like oh is she is the mother Jin too or is she or she uh, clearly obviously watching over her daughter right making sure she's safe during the war times you know so um yeah, th- yeah. there's that yeah, I, I also feel like, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's very um, culture specific to the idea of women in like a patriarchal culture. Like this idea that like she's a woman, so she can't become a doctor like that kind of haunts her and like plagues her as a person, as a character. And the djinn is almost like taking advantage of that, you know, like yeah. it's like, oh, we know that you have this desire this dream and you can't reach it it's like haunting you so we're going to take advantage of that you know and like step into your life because of this thing that you're allowing to have a hold on you you know and it's almost like it's not even her fault because her culture you know is such a patriarchal culture that doesn't allow for like women to become doctors or women to do anything like really because you know when her husband leaves her husband's like oh maybe you should go with my family and she's like what do you mean you know like but then, like, you, you kind of see the interactions of the neighbors and people who come over to her house and she has to, like, cover up and, like, do all these other things when she's in public, you know? I think for us, you know, we just don't understand the societal expectations of how women should behave without, like, a male presence. Because for us, in America, women are out by themselves, no problem, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that women here don't, like experience like prejudices or discriminations but i'm just saying in a society in what the film is trying to replicate it's just very different from what we how we understand it you know 
Mm-hmm. I really liked this one part of the film, and after this, I'll toss it over to you to see if you wanted to say anything else about it. But it's very clear when it shifts to Act Two. <laughs> um, you know, like her husband leaves, and then like you get this shot of her. It's like a sideways shot of the main character, and she's laying in bed. Do you remember this? Um, yeah, yeah, I remember. And it. then like, and then like the very first jump scare actually happens because it's this this film is very slow on jump scares until like act two and then act three just goes crazy you know what i mean um yeah i feel like it's very tame and mild compared to jump scares but i just remember the very very sudden shift from act one to act two and this idea that she's actually now being haunted by these jinn you know what i mean or being tormented by these jinn and and I I just really appreciated that part of it. It's like a, a different sort of scare that you don't really get in other films, you know, because other horror films like to just plop you in right away in this really crazy opening scene, you know, whereas this one, the opening scene was more of like a, a here's the premise, here's the setting, and then slowly builds you into the scare of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's actually a lot of symbols in this film and they're very subtle. Like, like as I was, as I was kind of watching it, I kind of thought about it's like, well, there, there's like, you know, there's the missile, there's the doll, there's her tapes, mm-hmm. and there, there's like so many different objects yeah. of interest uh, throughout the entire film, and it got me thinking. Like, I don't, and the thing is, like, I still don't really know what they represent. <laughs> yeah. Like upon my first watch through, so it's like, man, the only reason. So I would watch it again because I just want to figure out what they're, what they're supposed to represent, mm-hmm. what they're supposed to mean. Um, because there's a shot in the film where the missile hits their apartment building, and there's like a crack in the roof, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the film, this roof is totally like blown open, mm-hmm. you know. And it got me thinking, I was like, and you know, that's the end of the film, so it got me thinking, like, what is that supposed to mean, right. you know? And so it just kind of got me thinking, like, it, it could mean a lot of things. And, and I, I kind of like the the subtle nuances right. um, of those symbols throughout this film, right? Yeah. Right, sort of like the mystery of it all, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I did appreciate like the the VHS exercise tapes that she was doing. Like I thought the, that yeah. that was such like a really cool, like I guess like a it's like a really cool nod to like eighties you know like eighties sort of culture. Like you get like mm-hmm. even though they're in the in in the um, even though they're in Tehran, like there's still bits of America that are just like planted into their culture. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. that like that like they can't escape or they actually even look to you know what I mean because when she loses her her VHS tape she goes kind of ballistic you know what I mean um, yeah mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty pretty cool like nod to sort of 80s culture and at the same time I think a little symbolic of you know American just like little things of like how America influences people you know yeah uh, and cultures and stuff like that um with with that little Mm -hmm. little bit there yeah and and i think what's interesting is that um it got worse when her tapes disappeared because Mm -hmm. in a way using those exercise tapes really kind of relieved her stress Mm -hmm. you know so so she wasn't too stressful and same with um same with the daughter and her doll like when she lost her doll like she started seeing a lot more things and started you know yeah she she got sick Mm -hmm. she got more scared uh, those sorts of things and so it kind of it said it really interesting that like this gen is specifically targeting like things that are important to them right 
you know so that way like the gents could get their way right <laughs> you know right. that that's kind of it's kind of insane to think about but it's very subtle it's not very obvious it's it doesn't they don't explain it out to you right like most horror films would do nowadays <laughs> right right it's, it's very subtle in that way yeah yeah I, I think it's interesting that in in this sort of representation of gin that gin take things that belong to people and then like sort of implant themselves into people's lives because they now have their material belongings you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah whereas like you know in in our culture in mong culture it's a little bit of the opposite actually like because there's this belief of like animism right that like spirits are existing in everything that you touch you yeah know? Mm -hmm. so like if you take like a, a rock from the jungle that like belongs to like a demon or a spirit or a pixie then now because you took their thing they have a hold on your life you know what i mean or a hold yeah. on like they have like a, a sort of binding like relation to you now you know so it's a, it's a little I think I think like a little I don't know opposite is the right word but like it's just a very interesting sort of like way to think about how spirits work you know mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so yeah um, I would definitely recommend it if, if you mm -hmm. don't mind the slow burns you kind of want a different perspective of or a different kind of horror story it's definitely not your traditional ones but there's definitely like a lot to unpack and a lot to think about yeah. um, when it comes to this film um, so like when you're actually watching it and you probably won't feel anything but like in retrospect when I think about it think back on it now it's like yeah there's actually a lot yeah it's a lot more complicated than what it seems to be on the surface yeah and then we probably missed like a thousand cultural references too you know what I mean? like, yeah yeah, yeah stuff <laughs> that we're just kind of like hey eh? but then like you know folks who grew up in the Middle East North African culture like they can they can tell you oh yeah that's what this means or that's what that means you know and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, but for us, we have no idea. So if you yeah. want to enlighten us, definitely let us know. And I'm on the same page as you. I definitely recommend this film. Give it a try. I don't think it's that slow compared to The Long Walk. I feel like The Long Walk is a lot slower than this one. Yeah, well, The Long Walk's like two and a half hours, and this <laughs> is only like an hour 20. <laughs> so there's that. There's that to think about, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so our next film is called The Wretched, also on Netflix, that you can probably just pick up and watch. Um, Larry, do you want to talk about this one, like a basic story premise? Yeah, so The Wretched is about this high school teenager. He goes to, uh, I believe his parents are separated. I don't think they're divorced. I think they're separated. He goes to visit his father for the summer to uh, kind of help out at like the marina that he owns. And so... Uh, while he's there, he encounters like some weird stuff happening and like over at his neighbor's house. Like he starts to notice things like 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 Disturbia style notice things <laughs> uh, that's happening uh, over at the neighbors. Yeah. Um, and, and it slowly starts to affect like his life and his family and like the friends that he's just made while he's there. That, that's like the roughest summary I can give without mm -hmm. giving too much away at first. Yeah. One last thing about the story premise is the big baddie in this one, sort of the evil creature that we're fighting against in this one is the hag. And I don't know if you've heard of the hag before, um, Larry, but I only know of the hag because of a video game called Dead by Daylight or DBD. And the hag is a character that you can choose in there to hunt player characters. And so that's that's mm -hmm. the reason why I know the hag. But outside of this, this is the first time I've seen the hag as like a as like a main, you know, monster of the week creature thing. 
I only know the name, but I didn't really know its intricacies okay. until I watched this film. Yeah. Okay. I actually didn't know what to expect, to be honest, when, when I first watched this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got really confusing when they started introducing the neighbor's family <laughs> as, as like as as like a like a, like another uh, B storyline, I guess you can call right. it that. The B storyline kind of disappears <laughs> after a while because right. it stops talking about the neighbors once they merge it with the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little confusing at first, but uh, you know I kept watching it because I was still interested in it because uh, there are some parts that were actually genuinely pretty funny, <laughs> which kind of which shows a lot <laughs> more character than uh, most other, I guess stories of this nature mm-hmm. um because like, like the funny moment was when the uh the main character was trying to turn on the, was trying to fix the tv and he says like dad where's the hdmi port and <laughs> the dad responds have you tried plugging it in <laughs> i was like no like that, that like that is such like a generational gap right there yeah. <laughs> when it comes to technology i thought that was hilarious yeah um just 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 little stuff like that to kind of relieve like the the kind of tension that this film can kind of build to Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually, I really, I really enjoyed this film uh, more than I expected. So yeah. a lot of unexpected films uh, in this particular episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like this film definitely has like a high school sort of um, like feel to it, you know, like a high school coming of age almost, but not quite coming of age. But, you know, the main character is in high school, right? High school protagonist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it kind of has that feel sort of fear street feel you know what i mean um mm-hmm. where you know it's like this uh, minus the ensemble if, if if the ensemble was better i think it would it would have been a lot more fun but we, this is kind of more like a solo protagonist um who's trying mm-hmm. to yeah overcome this sort of um evil that is like haunting like his family and haunting um you know like his community and his neighborhood or his dad's neighborhood rather um and so i think it has that really cool feel like it's kind of like how things have evolved you know what i mean like you kind of yeah. started with like buffy the vampire slayer right where you have like mm-hmm. yeah. high schoolers who are trying to defeat this evil and then you kind of get nowadays stuff like fear street and the wretched you know what i mean um and so yeah. I, I i really like that sort of genre of like high schoolers trying to beat something you know uh, or like young people trying to beat something Similar to It Follows too, you know? Yeah. And so I think overall, I, I really enjoy this film. The plot twist, <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere for me. But yeah. at the same time, like, um, like it's 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 understandable where, where it's coming from. And I don't think uh-huh. we're going to give away the plot twist in this. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, we can talk about this film without <laughs> giving away the plot twist, but if you mm-hmm. want to know what the plot twist is, you have to you have to watch it. Yeah, it blew my mind for me to be honest because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, but it wasn't like one of those twists where it's like completely out of left field. You're like, uh, what? It doesn't make any sense. This one makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen films where like the plot twist comes out of nowhere and just like. Oh, Hold on, what? That's just ridiculous. I mean, kind of like um, Malignant, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that plot twist like came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, what? You know? But I think that was supposed to be a part of the charm of the film, you know? It was like a uh-huh. ridiculous plot twist, you know? So, the, yeah, the, this plot twist definitely makes a lot more sense in Wretched. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it kind of falls, you know how, like you mentioned uh, earlier before, like a lot of classic horror films have like crazy plot twists. This film sort of has those same vibes too. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely check it out, you know, if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the, it does, it definitely does have like a classic horror sort of feel to it, you know, compared to some of the other stuff we've been watching for this season of the podcast or this uh, Mm -hmm. Halloween special. Yeah. And Jonathan, you mentioned that this film would be a good premise for a miniseries, yeah? I think so, yeah, because there just seems to be a lot going on. Um, and I kind of want more about the plot twist itself. Mm-hmm. And I just want more relationship building. And I think it would be really fun to have an ensemble character. An, I'm sorry, an ensemble of characters in this, you know? Um, because yeah. you have the main character and then there he has like a friend who... I don't remember the, her character name right now, but um, the actor is Piper Curta. She She's on Nickelodeon and disney channel i think you have the main character and then you have the main character's friend and that's about it you know what i mean um yeah and so if there was like an ensemble characters i think it would make for more endearing sort of cast you know i actually do Mm -hmm. like the main character a lot he's kind of your typical teenager dealing with stuff but i just enjoy him as a character who just cares about maybe cares a little too much about the people around him you know what i mean yeah, and, and I guess the the biggest the biggest giveaway for that was when when he noticed something weird going on at the neighbor's house, he said to the neighbor's kid, like to the son, and said like, "Hey, if anything, if you see anything weird, just just come over to my place, no questions, okay?" Right. Like like that's like that that's a big character like giveaway compared to like. He's because like he could be like as annoying as your typical high school teenager, but he's he's not mm-hmm. like because he has these character moments right. that really make him stand out and shine out a lot more, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and it kind of gives a hint to what happens later in the film too, which I just connected right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I literally just connected it right now. That's funny. <laughs> Today I learned. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I think it definitely adds a lot more right to him. Right. I agree. I think it's just a solid film overall. Like, I would give it, like, a B plus, A minus, you know? And I would recommend it as, like, a... The plot twist itself is good enough to watch for, I guess. Even if you don't like the movie, the plot twist itself is is, makes it worth it to watch. And it's not even a long film, so you'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And our next and final film for this episode is They Live in the Grey. It follows a social worker named Claire Yang, who uh, has been haunted um, by visions. She's kind of like a clairvoyant. And she gets assigned this uh, domestic abuse case for work. And when she goes to visit the family, she starts having these visions and thinks that the domestic abuse could be tied to something more than just the domestic abuse that's going on or it could be more than domestic abuse it could be something spiritual rather and is directed by the vang brothers i think they go by the vang brothers right i'm not sure on that yeah but that's abel and burly vang they are fellow Hmong people so woot woot to us (laughs) um (laughs) and abel and burly vang are nickels fellowship recipients which means that uh, for those of you who don't know the nichols fellowship is a writing fellowship where you can essentially apply to like get 
funded for your script. And the Nichols Fellowship comes from the Academy Awards. So it's very prestigious, very high. And essentially, if if you get on the Nichols Fellowship or the Nichols, I think it's a fellowship, the Nichols Fellowship list, then you're pretty much good as a writer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people are going to be reaching out to you to read your script and stuff like that. So I think this may have been the movie that came out of that that award for them. But yeah, um, I guess I can go with my initial thoughts on this, Larry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I feel like this film was really slow, but besides being really slow, I could say that I liked it. Did I love it? Not really. Did I hate it? No, but I liked it. You know, it, it was a pleasant watch for me. And I think that there were some very scary moments in it and some really cool moments in it. But then I felt like the story overall was just almost there for me. Yeah, that's that's as much as I'll say for now. What about you, Larry? First impressions. Yeah, um, a lot of it was very confusing at first because we're not really... It's not very clear about Claire's clairvoyant <laughs> sense. <laughs> <of> <laughs> Maybe that's why she's her, called Claire. Yeah, that's pretty sure that's why. But <laughs> it's not very clear at first. It just kind of feels kind of random. But we know there's a lot of backstory that's kind of being untold as the story kind of goes forward. Um, and we start kind of seeing them through flashbacks. And to be honest, I like the backstory, but I wasn't a huge fan of the flashbacks, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, I didn't like how they told it. Because usually when it comes to, like, memories, this is usually something that triggers it. And for Claire, not much really triggered her flashbacks. <laughs> they just kind of told it mm-hmm. because, it's like, oh, we need to know it. <laughs> the audience needs to know it. But it's like, well, yeah, we do, but... You know, don't just be a ghost like from The Grudge and want to show us something. Just (laughs) show us something because it's relevant (laughs) to what's going on. (laughs) You know, those are my kind of gripes and my my initial gripes. (laughs) As you can tell, I have actually. okay, so I have a very strong love hate relationship with this film. Like, (laughs) like (laughs) Jonathan knows because I complain a lot about this film. Yeah. And it's not because it's a bad film, but because but because I can see its potential and it's like, it's, it's almost there. It's so close, <laughs> you know, it's, it's there. Like yeah. you have a great foundation, you have good characters, good setup, you know, but it's just sort of like, there's just a lot of things that definitely could have been um, yeah. moved around or maybe gone through another um, editing process. Right. But, um, right. Some, something yeah. that um, when writers kind of set up their characters, like one of the things that, you really have to think about is like what does your character want you know like what is your character's goal what are they trying to do and it's a little unclear what claire is trying to do ironically you know because uh, she's, yeah. she's a clairvoyant so ironically it's unclear on like what she's trying to do or what her goal is and so it's hard for us to be interested at the beginning you know before mm-hmm. all the jump scares you know once all the craziness happens with all the jump scares and stuff, then I feel like I was a little bit more invested, you know, to see where this was going. But I think before yeah. that, it's really hard to to really care, you know? And there's very little that shows much about her character. And if anything, the one thing I, well, I found the most hilarious, or that we found the most hilarious, was when she was, when she had a new case 
and she went to the house and she took off her shoes <laughs> when it's like when it's like an american's person's house right. it's like you don't need to do that right. and this but was the like thing in is the 80s right uh yeah 80s 90s i think yeah, yeah ish um and i thought it was hilarious because it's like you know even i still do that because even if it's like i don't care for me, I just take off my shoes no matter what. <laughs> it doesn't matter whose house. Like, because like, I don't want to be disrespectful. So that's why I do it. Right. So it's just a thing you do, you know? So I, I thought that was really funny. Um, But that's like that and like a few other things are literally the only thing we know about Claire. And I think that's what makes it really hard to kind of sit through uh, this film when it's sort of like, uh, I don't know much about you, you know? Generally, you want to establish a really good, it doesn't have to be good rapport, you know, with the main character, but at least at least something, you know, something about the main character as to why we should care about her perspective mm-hmm. of this story. You know, it's ironic because in a way, her husband is more interesting <laughs> than, than her herself initially, you know, because mm. her husband is a uh, police officer and we kind of we don't really know much of his side but we see a lot of his appearances through their interactions with claire Mm -hmm. and i know more about her husband than her herself Mm -hmm. you know because in a way she kind of shuts down doesn't really say anything when certain bad things happen And, and, and it's like i understand we can't understand it because she sees ghosts pretty much all the time and she can't explain that right right um but it's sort of like we need to know that this thing has been haunting her her entire life you know and we don't see that Mm -hmm. um and so it's kind of frustrating for me to be honest yeah so yeah yeah and it's it's hard to write a character like claire who is supposed to be disconnected she's supposed to be dissociated with life you know what i mean because she's going through this very difficult time of her life right as yeah. as a person and so like she's separated from her husband you know she is going through this very tragic loss and like and then she's being haunted by demons or ghosts you know what i mean and so yeah like she's supposed to be this very disconnected character and so i think that it's it's often hard for people to connect with disconnected characters you know unless there's like a another character to bounce them off with you know but in this instance i don't think we have that character right yeah um that's true because generally like she needs like another supporting character to help be us <laughs> in mm-hmm. that film so we can understand what's kind of going on with her she never really had like a supporting character there with her to really fully flesh her out of flesh out like her details mm-hmm. and stuff because mm-hmm. one of the big things about this film is that Claire, like, she sees ghosts, basically. And a lot of times, it's just, like, super random. I think this is an actual thing. Like, people who actually do see ghosts, it is just kind of random. And they don't really connect to anything. But for this film, I don't think it works as well. Because it doesn't really add much to Claire's character. Like, their appearances don't really add much mm-hmm. to us to us understanding Claire. You know? Because of that, it just gets really hard to really empathize with Claire. So that that's pretty much my opinion. Yeah, I I think it's interesting that you say that because, you know, in Hmong culture, it is actually a thing to, like, see the paranormal and to, like, have a third eye, you know? Like, people in... I think there's, a, there's like, an actual name for it, although it's escaping me right now, for, like, people who can see spiritual things, you know? It's like you're touched or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can see 
the spirit realm. A lot of those folks in Hmong culture, you know, kind of grow into their calling of like being a shaman. Because typically when that happens to you, like people will tell you that, oh yeah, like the ancestors have chosen you to, you know, become a shaman and stuff like that. And so I think in this case, you know, like Clara was supposed to be a shaman, but um, Mm -hmm. like, of course she became a social worker (laughs) instead. And so (laughs) like, you know, this, this, this idea that does exist in Hmong culture, at least, and I think in other cultures as well, that people can be touched and have this third eye where they can see things and be clairvoyant and stuff like that. So yeah, like I said, I have a pretty strong love-hate relationship with this film. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost there. It just needs, it needs to go through the process one more time just to really finalize and touch it up. But I understand industry standards, deadlines, not very fun. <laughs> Can kind of ruin right. a lot of things right. but you know you, you you do what you can so i i understand but, right but yeah I, i'm just yeah that, that's how i feel about the film yeah i mean overall i liked the film I mean, i had a pleasant experience watching it would i recommend it i don't know i think to very specific people i would recommend this but to most people i don't think i would recommend it yeah, you have to be a real, like, uh, a horror enthusiast. A horror, you have to really yeah. love horror films and um, really kind of want to see things from another perspective. Yeah. Um, I think this film is very good at doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a very, it's difficult to recommend this film yeah. to, for like a, uh, like a fun weekend film. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely not a fun <laughs> weekend film you watch with your friends, you know, to get scared. It's... It's not one of those. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it definitely has like indie vibes and it's long. It's a slow burn and it's it's different. So if that sounds good to you, then definitely go and watch it. All right, so that pretty much wraps us up for this episode and also for this sort of Halloween special for 2022. If you didn't catch it already, there is actually a bonus episode that also released today. And so on that bonus episode, if you haven't watched it yet, or listened to it yet, rather, we are actually talking about a couple podcasts, and we talk about a video game. And the podcasts are The Burned Photo and The Black Tapes, both horror podcasts. And the video game that we talk about is called The Quarry. So if you haven't caught the bonus episode yet, go ahead and sit down and chat with us about that. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We very much appreciate you hanging out with us. My name is Jonathan, and this has been The Outside Story.